With a humble heart on bended knees, I'm asking, please, for your hand. Praise God. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. Want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. Want to be standing on your side. Holding your hand, so let your king. 
surrendered everything this morning is there anything you're holding on to is there anything that holds you back from worship this morning we were reading in the book of Esther this morning about the day of the festival of Purim and how it was a good day if you are saved this morning it's a good day it's a good day to worship the Lord they say sometimes you win some Sometimes you lose some And right now, right now I'm losing that Sit on this stage night after night Reminding the broken it'll be alright Right now, oh right now Nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can see through the fire with your
say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing, a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave mountains In you I find my worth, in you I find my eyes. 
taking all I have and now I'm laying it at your feet. You have every failure, God. You'll have every victory.
showed me the youth was going to be here today. The young, young and married or young uh, adults are here and I want you to understand something. You have come here because God wants you to be here. And I, my message is kind of this morning pointed toward that and I'm going to say a couple of things that you probably don't hear about no more, even sometimes the parents don't tell you. But I'm going to tell you some things today because I know God put it on my heart last Sunday when we were in services. I know what God was saying to me. So bear with me, if you will. Take it as God has got you here on appointment and listen to the word of God. It's not about me. It's not about how good of a, I say the things that I should say. But in my soul, there's something burning. And it's burning from God that God is trying to reach out to our young adults and our young people. And he's trying to protect them from their tomorrows. And I can tell you right now, there's a, we're living in a different generation. There's a lot of things happening, and a lot of things need to happen. And I'm not going to baby you today. I'm not going to, how do you say it? Uh, before, I, before I say too much, uh, I am going to thank God for the musicians that step in. We've had, we had a lot of musicians out today. Becky's sick. Matthew uh, took her place, and, uh, and Jacob was over there playing on the bass today, and I appreciate that, and that's not his normal thing. And we had Chris is going with his grandpa. He's, he's in hospice, and uh, pray for them. And Mike drives a long way, and I figured with the bad weather, he might not make it. He's been sick to go along with it, so pray for Mike Campbell. But I thank God because, you know what, people steps in. We do the best we can. And whether it sounds so beautiful, all I know is let the presence of God be lifted up. And I promise you, God will be here. And I believe he was. So I thank you for that. I want you, if you've got your Bible, to turn to the Second Corinthians, the 6th chapter. Second Corinthians, 6th chapter. In the uh, time of my life, and I've heard this all, all my life, and some of you uh, that's my age or, or younger, you've probably heard this, opposites attract. How many knows opposites attract? It's like the sweet little innocent girl wants to go after the motorcycle guy going by. I don't know why, but they're attracted to it. I don't know. I can't explain it. I can just tell you our flesh and what's inside of us seems to be attracted to somebody that we're not. And maybe we'll be bored if we married somebody just like us. I don't know. 
eHarmony.com works real hard at that. <laughs> Try to get you with somebody that fits you. But how many knows that don't sure anything? That don't put the, the uh, truth on it. God has someone that he wants you to marry in life. Me and my wife, in a couple weeks or 10 days or so, we'll be 48 years married. Now, you know what? I'd like to tell you we're such a great example, but I don't want you to, I don't want you to ask no questions and I won't tell you no lies. <laughs> it's hard to, to go through life, but can I tell you something? The longer we lived together, the longer time went by, the more heartaches we went through, the more we found out we cared more about each other than sometimes we wanted to admit. And we began to love each other to the place where it's just about holding each other up. It's about some, God sent us somebody to walk through life together to grow and to learn of him. And I'll say, I'll steal a little bit of what Bob and Nancy said, I'm glad my wife loves God more than she loves me because that's what makes me love her more. I, you know, when you're young, you think, well, I just love them, and okay, uh, if this is it, honeymoon's over, and that's it. No, you got a lot of life to live. Young people, I'm saying this for a reason. I want you to hear me. I don't care how long or how long you've been dating this person. I don't care what's happened between you. If it's not of God, look out. Now, i got to tell you that because it's facts. If God is not in it, if you have no intention, if you're going with somebody that has no interest in God, listen to what God tells you. Because if you'll willingly say, Lord, you're first. If you're first in my life, God, I have to say to you, Lord, you tell me and show me. And I'm going to ask you that question today. If the opposite is track. It says, most parents, I wrote down, don't see their little child as a young girl or boy dating. How many hears that? Moms and dads. You'd love to pick your kids' spouse or boyfriends, girlfriends, and all that. And I went through the book one time, told Mandy. I said, Mandy, I like that one right there. She said, Dad, that's the biggest nerd in the school. I said, maybe that's why I want him, you know. It's, it's tough. It's tough because you're worried. But see, moms and dads just don't look at their little boy or little girl as someone dating. They look at their little boy and their girl as someone that, that is a child that, that is young and innocent. They look at them and they say to themselves, I raised that child. I know what that child, I know what's inside of that child. I know when they hurt. I know what, what impresses them. And if this person is doing nothing but manipulating them, excuse me, if the person's getting to the place where they begin to control you and make you something that mom and dad didn't raise you to be, let, let me tell you something, a little flag ought to go up in the back of your head. Say, wait, warning, warning. And you know what? I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what she looks like. Listen to me, you need to find and understand that you have to protect yourself from what the enemy is laying out the traps. 
And you can say, well, you ain't got the right to judge people. You don't have a right to tell somebody who they should marry. No, I'm not. God's word is all I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Tim Pruitt's opinion. If I give you my opinion, I promise you I'll probably get you in trouble. But the truth is, and sometimes I could be harder than the word of God. God is, is uh, how do you say it? He's, he's patient, and he's kind, and he's good. And sometimes he'll even take our, he takes my faults, and he looks over them, and he loves me, and he forgives me, and he puts me back on my feet. And he blesses sometimes even my mistakes if I come to him and I repent. And I'm trying to get a hold of your attention because I have this feeling inside of me, you're making a mistake if you think you can pick whoever you want to in the world because they look like you want them to look. We got Hollywoods marrying them for the hair that they got on their head. If they got nice hair, I got to have babies by that guy. And I'm thinking, what? You've lost all, all understanding of what the Word of God says when that's what you're worried about. Because you have no idea what the enemy will do to you down the road. You have no idea what the enemy has plans to destroy you. But God has greater plans. And that's why you need to hear this. In 2 Corinthians, I want you to look at chapter 6, and I want you to look at verse 11. It says, O ye Corinthians, Paul's writing, our mouth is open to you, our heart is enlarged. Listen to what Paul's saying. He said, our heart is open to the Corinthian people. Listen to me. He has poured his heart out to this church, the Corinthians. He's visited them two or three times. Now he's wrote to them two or three times. There's another letter they never have found, but it's been referred to in Scripture to another letter to the Corinthians. But can I tell you something? Other Paul is trying to tell the Corinthians, we that has come and brought the gospel to you, we that has started this church that you're in, understand, we have our heart poured out to you. It's open. It's enlarged open towards you. More or less, Paul's saying, I don't love you just a little. I'm not doing this out of just duty. My heart is into it. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying that to the Corinthians. Listen to the next one. He says, "Ye are not straightened in us, but you're straightened in your own bowels. And that bowels could be heart. But you understand it when you look at it. Because I want you to understand what Paul's telling you. You're not straightened out in what I'm telling you. You're straightened out on what you hear that comes out of this word of God from the spirit of God. And when the spirit of God has told you something, guess what you have to do? You're accountable to it. It's going in you and it has to be churned in there. And somewhere along the line from your heart to your head, you got to say, I believe what that word was and it applies to me and I need to repent or I need to draw closer to God. How many knows what I'm talking about? Paul's saying, you ain't straightened out in what I'm telling you. You're straightened out only what God's word says and what the spirit of God's dealing with you. Paul's quoting the scripture, but his heart is enlarged to them. He's open to them. He says in verse 13, now for a recompense, that means for a return in the same, I speak to, uh, as unto my children. Paul's saying, you're like my children. And then he says, be ye also enlarged. More or less, these Corinthians 
were only listening to Paul, and sometimes just like you listen to me, you just stare at me. I don't know if I like that or not. I might take that home, I might not. How many knows what I'm talking about? Because we're all that way. See, the truth is, Paul's trying to reach to their heart, and he's trying to tell them, get your eyes off these false prophets that, go, that are going around spreading a gospel that's wrong. They don't care about you. All they're concerned about is getting your money. They're only concerned. They're not concerned of whether you make it to heaven or not. They'll tell you they are, they are, but they're not. Send them money, and they're happy. They don't care if you show up to their church. Just send them the money. And I'm going to tell you something, other. That's not what Apostle Paul's talking about. He's talking about somebody that loved those people. God had showed him how to bring the gospel to people. He brought it to them, and he said, Now I've given you my whole heart in this, and I, hear, I am here to write these letters because I'm trying to encourage you. Don't get mixed up with those false people. Now we get into the scripture I'm talking about. Next one, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath a righteous with the unrighteous? Now I want you to think about this, because these next few scriptures, I want you to look seriously at the relationships you've got going on in your life. Not trying to run nobody off. I'm not trying to tell you you're doing the wrong thing. But it's still good. Listen to what I wrote down. It's still good. Young people, it's okay, I wrote, to ask yourself, is this person right for me? Be serious. Is this person right for me? Have I got the guts to say, I don't care where we come from or who's who, I'm going to tell you something, is this person right? Because if you overlook that and you don't listen to the voice of God or just decide that you're going to shut God's voice off if he tries to tell you something, guess what? You're going to walk blindly into things and you're going to find yourself in a trap and you're going to find yourself whining and, and whimpering all of your life about poor me, why did it happen to me? This is why I'm bringing this today. I'm bringing it to warn the young because why? You're young and I know you can't look at your parents and say, well, I'll just do it like mom and dad. No, mom and dad didn't do it right either all the time. In fact, a lot of times we ain't even taught you the right thing. And I'm looking and pointing to myself first. You know what? I don't, I'm not putting the blame on nobody. Me and my wife made it. We, we fought our way through it. We came kicking and screaming a lot of times. And sometimes we weren't nice. I know you've always been nice to each other, but sometimes it don't work that way. But he says, is this person right for me, or what do I or others that know you, listen to me, what about the people that know you pretty well? Listen to me, young girls and young boys. Hear what I'm telling you. People that know you well and they warn you. Maybe even a, a mother and father that you think, oh, they're from the old school. They can't even work a computer. <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, I'm one of those. But the truth is, if, if your parents or someone that loves you and knows you is telling you, look out, beware, be warned, pray about it. I mean, here's what I'm saying. If somebody, your youth leader, says, pray about it. 
You know what? You better take it home and pray about it. Because I can tell you right now, and there's plenty of people here that can give you the same answer. Look out, because pray now, and how you say it, all's fair in love and war. It's right to do right now. Don't wait till you're in problems and you've got uh, a whole lot of problems and then you try to fix it. It's too late. You have to live with it. You have to bear with it. You have to deal with it. And God will help you through it. He's not condemning you, but he would much rather, just like you parents, you're trying to prepare your children. Children, marry the right person. Children, get in the right place. Don't get in love with money. Don't get in love with things. Get in love with God. We tell them that because we never did it ourselves a lot of times. So we try to warn those that we love, oh, please don't go there. It says when they tell you something's right with that person, sometimes, you know what, I can look at my own grandkids and say, you know what, I like that about that person. You know who you picked? I like that about that person. But then I can also say I don't like that about that but as parents and grandparents or whatever, or if you're just a close friend that loves them and loves God, and you know to tell them something, tell them in love. But pray for them. Because some of them, it destroys their will inside, destroys their heart. They battle it for years. And they blame themselves. And they get down on themselves. And it's a scar in their life for a long time. It takes God to get over it. next verse it says 14 again it says be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness and what concord which means agreement hath Christ with Belial which is the devil and what part hath he that believes with an infidel somebody that's a disbeliever or without Christian faith you know, you can go out there and find the best-looking guy, and you can drag him in here and say, this is what we do. We do this on Sunday. And he'll sit there and say, boy, boy, you know what? I love you, girl, but I can't take this. Them old songs, them old this, that old, them, them old people in there, they get happy over the funniest things. And what it is, they don't understand it. But the truth is, soon as they marry you, they will do their best to take you out of here. I keep telling all my grandkids, and i got a few of them here, and I keep telling them, look, I know you might limit yourself, but find somebody in the church. Boy, that's hard. I know they're related to half of them, but that kind of makes it rough. That kind of makes it rough, but you know what? I promise you, you won't wrestle with where do we go to church. And can I tell you, that's split up families. That's been a, a stick in the, in the, a thorn in the side for years because we don't weigh what we're doing. You marry somebody from out of town, guess where you're going when you get married? Out of town. You're connecting yourself with things, and I'm not telling you it's wrong. Can I tell you, God may take you places that I don't call you. You, you know God calls you. Not trying to tell you just do what mom and dad says do. I'm trying to tell you be aware inside of you. Say, Lord, I am keeping myself to you first. 
And if I do, I must talk to you about every decision I make, every relationship I get in. You get into relationships, and you'll begin to feel sorry for the devil and all of his imps. And before you know it, you're trying to pat them on the head and help them. And you know what? They'll stab you in the back every time. Sorry to tell you. Unless God tells you to go help them, just stay out of the way. They've done made their choice. I'm not trying to condemn nobody. That's God's work. But I don't know how many times, and you can see it on the face, after they made a choice. I wish I'd have thought about it twice. And I can't persuade them like I thought I could. I know everybody puts their best foot forward. So you really don't think they're that way. You really think, oh, and there's many of them will tell you they're a Christian. And I don't know if they even know what a Christian is. I don't know. Can I tell you, I know I'm meddling. I know I'm getting this look back that I'd like to just kind of hide back here. But the truth is, I'm bringing what God has told me to bring. Not because I'm trying to get on nobody's nerve. I'm telling you, God loves you so much. You're special to him. He let you be born in this world, no matter how you came. I don't care if you don't have a father, a mother, or who you got. I'm telling you, God brought you here to bless your life and make you an example. I told my sister Becky yesterday on the phone, I said, my Aunt Ruth downtown, uh, down in Williamsburg, Kentucky, She's been a Christian for 97 or all her life, as far as I know, and she's went through everything. But you know what? She's the same sweet old Christian lady you ever met. She don't know a stranger. She loves everybody that walks into her house. And I praise God because why? She's a pillar in the church. She shows that no matter what she went through, no matter what she's done, God has still got a hold of her hand. Praise God. It says, In what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God, and they shall be my people. Then he says, Wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate. Saith the Lord, Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having, in verse first verse of uh, chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. If you listen to what I'm telling you and you try your best, let me tell you something, God will help you. But if you are trying to deceive yourself or deceive God, if in the back of your mind, I want to go with that person whether God likes it or not. I like that person, and I like that relationship, and I want to buddy up with those people that don't never want to go to church, and they won't never ever step in the house of God, but they'll do everything they can to be a part of dragging you away from it. They'll drag you out of church on Sunday, drag you out of church on every other day. They always got an idea. They, it's not about coming to church. Excuse me. That's a relationship problem. And you know what? As Christians, God is trying to tell us here, don't yoke yourself with unbelievers. Now, you know what? We're supposed to go through this life and show Christ to people. We're supposed to reach out and help people and love people. And I know God's 
meant for every Christian to be that way. Yet at the same time, I'm not sewing myself up with them in some big, thick relationship. Because you know what? I know that I can't fight the devil myself. i got to stay close to God. And I can't stay close to God if I'm tied to everybody else and what their whims are because they don't want to serve God. They don't want to be there. They don't want God to tell them nothing. They're doing it their way. Okay, that's enough of that. Turn to Ruth, if you will. All the way back in the Old Testament, I think it's about, what, seven or eight, eight, eight book in the Old Testament, right before Samuel, little book, four chapters. I want you to listen to what Ruth said. Ruth, the first chapter. Look at verse 14. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. This is Orpah and Ruth. They're the daughter-in-laws of Naomi. Most of you know the story, and I'm just going to refer to some of it. But I want to read a couple verses here. Why? Because Orpah and Ruth has both was married to sons of Naomi. Naomi and her husband Elkanah. And you know what? He died, the father died, and then the sons married these two uh, women from Moab, which is a foreign country, and they married these women, which is, would tell you what I just read. Don't hook yourself up to that. But can I tell you something? When God's got a plan, God will take you down paths that even the Christian will say, I don't know if I agree with that. Because we get real self-righteous sometimes. We don't give room that God's going to move. God's fixing to do something. But here, here you got Ruth, and you got Orpah. And it says, And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth claved to her. She clinged to her. And she said, Behold, look at verse 15, Behold, she said, Thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Naomi turns to Ruth and said, Orpah's already gone. Take up yourself and go back to your people because I don't have no more sons. I can't give you another son. I have no way of giving you the heritage that you, that you, have, uh, that you have taken in my son. They're dead. And my, my husband's dead. So I can't, even if I go home, she gets to telling her how later on, even if I would go home and have a husband and have a child in a year's time and he was a baby, how long will you wait? You're going to wait till he grows up to marry him? How many knows Naomi already read the writing on the wall? She knew that once she had lost her sons and lost her husband, she'd lost the heritage. They had sold their land before they'd left. They, was, they had no land in Israel to go back to. Somebody had to buy them back into it. Somebody had to, uh, the Redeemer kinsman had to pay the price for her to be back into it. But she had no idea of that. The way she looked at it is God had turned on her. But can I tell you something? Think about this. Ruth saw something in Naomi. Now here's a Moabite girl 
But she saw something in Naomi. Do you know, Christian, God will make people see something in you. Can I tell you? God will make something. He'll make people see something in you that they can't get over. I mean, you can work. I've worked with guys, and I've had them to call me everything and, and make fun of me and everything else. And I just met up with a few of them a few weeks ago, and I thought to myself, oh, God, I could put my arms around them and hug them, Gray, and I loved them. And they were saying good things. And they were talking about how they had come a long ways. And I could tell they wanted to be around me, a little different than before. Because God shows them things. Life's got a way of showing you. But it says here in verse 16, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For where thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people. And thy God, listen to this, that's a girl from a false god. She says, thy God, Naomi, will be my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfast-minded to go with her, then she left speaking to her. Now, what am I talking about? Number one, I want you to hear this. You've got to go all the way in this relationship with God. You can't take an exit and say, I'm going to go live my life, and I'll wait till I get older, and then I'll get my heart right. Then I'll worry about going to heaven. Right now, I'm young, and i got all these things that I want to do. Oh, i got to marry this guy. He's got money. I want to tell you something. Your money ain't going to hold up. I see a lot of rich people that's miserable. There's a lot of rich people that's lost their way. I won't go there. But I'm going to tell you something. If you think about what she said, that is a key to what was said in, in being not unequally yoked together. She made up her mind, what I see in Naomi, I'll follow it to the day I die. I don't see that in my land nowhere. I don't see that in my parents. I don't see that. I see God in Naomi, and I'm going to follow Naomi. And I'll die with Naomi. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You'll make up your mind that you're going to walk with God all the way. Listen to me. All the way. Or you know what? The enemy's laying traps for you. He knows what you like. He's going to keep teasing and touring with you till he destroys you or he pulls you out away from trusting God and God is saying if you'll put me first and you'll walk with me I will bless your life blessings that you all are looking for every one of us are looking we look for our children to be blessed we look for our grandchildren to be blessed I don't want them to fall in those traps I tell I, I know they don't have to have everything right. They don't have to do it, know everything. But don't you know that God loves them? Don't you know just as he's loved you and carried you and brought you through? Me and my wife's been through a 100,000 things that we wouldn't even bother to tell you because you'd be bored you got your own list. But can I tell you something? God was helping us. 
because no matter how hard it got or how bad it got, we knew where to go, get on our knees and begin to cry to God. And be, we knew to come back to God's house and keep coming. So that means you're going to have to make up your mind. I'm going all the way. I'm not letting nothing drag me back or no one drag me back. And that's important. If you don't make up your mind, you're going all the way, you're going to fall for the, what's, what's happening. And whoever you're around in these relationships, guess what? They're going to do their best to drag you out of it because they don't think you really got something anyway. But you're going to have to show them. Like Naomi, no matter what happened, her husband died, her two sons died. She felt like she was cursed. She felt like God had turned on her, but she was going back to her land, to her homeland. And here's this young girl telling her, but I'm going to go with you. Where you go, the God you serve, what I see in you, I'm going after. And she wasn't necessarily a young girl. She wasn't necessarily going to be uh, handed some young man. She didn't have no idea, Ryan. Well, she ever have a husband after that or ever get restored. God's trying to tell you, put me first and make up your mind I'm going all the way with him. Because all the rest of it, you can sit, I can sit and look at my wife and she can look at me and we know that someday soon one of us is going to depart. We, we, we want to go together, but, you know, we don't know if we get that. What's that in that movie? Notebook or one of the movies? <laughs> James Gardner and somebody laid down, and they both died that night. Hey, I can't help it. Some stuff sticks. I don't know why. And you know what? I love my wife, and you know what? God gave me her. And I feel like God's gave me a blessing because I needed her. I needed help. I need somebody to correct me. I need somebody to tell me I'm doing okay. I need somebody to help me out. I don't need somebody with another agenda to pull me away from the God that I serve. I mean, here's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to condemn nobody. I'm trying to tell you, rise up and say, Lord, you, I'm going all the way with you. My straight now, I'm putting the blinders on, and all I know is I'm going with Jesus. See, you get around other people, and they'll say, why do you always talk about Jesus? Well, they don't know Jesus. That's why they say it. Listen to what Matthew 10.39 said. He that finds his life shall lose it. How many knows a lot of people's finding their life and what they want to do with it, and they're doing it? But how many knows they're losing their life? Then he goes on to say, and this is Christ saying it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Now, ain't that what I'm talking about? It's time to turn your eyes on Jesus. Quit looking at your husband. Quit looking at Trump. Quit looking at anybody else to take up the slack. God's got to take up the slack. It's God that we put our faith. It's who we put our trust in. When you turn it to something else, let me tell you something. God ain't pleased with you. He ain't pleased with me if I'm trusting everything else. The computer can't fix my problems. Money can't fix my problems. Only he can fix them. 
on down at chapter 4 of Ruth. And I want to show you this. And I'm not going to read the whole story. You can read it for yourself. It's just not long. But I'm going to read this fourth chapter. Look at verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Now listen. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel, and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life. Now you got to understand the Jewish law. But see, the Jewish law says that if Naomi, only way, and the first person that would take on can have a child, can they can have a child through her husband's name. That first one will go through her husband. So in a sense, she got her heritage back. Somebody brought her in back into it. And she's restored in life. Now she has a son, his little name. They put a name on him, called him Obed. Obed, I don't know what it means. I didn't even look it up, but it says Obed. But can I tell you something who he is? He's the grandfather of David. Now, I will tell you something. God took that little Moabite girl that knew nothing about God, showed her God through Naomi, and then took her back to the, little, the town of Bethlehem, and there they began to have the child, and God began to restore all of the restoring that needed, and that's God that wants to work in your life. He says, put me first. When, they, when Ruth said, I'm going all the way with you, guess what? God began to work his plan. Praise God. Praise God. Ruth is a hero. She's written even in the, in the uh, place uh, in Matthew where they talk about the begot. Yeah, this girl that wasn't even Jewish. She's in the heritage of Christ because David's in the heritage of Christ. You don't know what God can do in your life. It's bigger than what the world's got. It's bigger than what the world's running after. Quit running after it. It cannot take the place of what God can do for you. It says in verse 15, And he shall be restorer of thy life and, a, and nourisher of thine old age, for thy daughter-in-law which loves thee, which is better to thee than seven sons has borne him. Wow, you mean Naomi brought this girl back after she tried to make her stay. She brings her back, and all of a sudden the women say, Guess what? She, this little girl from Moab, she's better to you than seven sons that you could have. Well, that's what Naomi was worried. She didn't have no, no sons to carry on the name. But God restored her. You see what God's doing? Do you see it? But it takes somebody that's committed. Naomi was committed, and Ruth was committed. I don't know what my tomorrow holds, but I'm going to walk for God. I know that. I don't know the problems I'm going to face in my tomorrow. I don't know what's around the next curve. There might be sicknesses. There might be death. There might be all kinds of stuff. But can I tell you something? God's got it. It's all his. I believe it. I trust it. I read it. I accept it. I receive it. It's mine. Ruth said, you can't push me away. I'm going to follow you wherever you go, and I'm going to die with you. 
Praise God. That's true love. And I better look. Come on. Back up, man. It says in 2 Kings, second chapter. Just going to read this something real quick. It says, and it came to pass when the Lord was going to take up Elijah into a heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. How many's heard of that story? Now, Elijah is the prophet that has done so many miraculous things. But Elisha says, I want what you got. I want a double portion of what you got. Why? Not because he wanted to be more famous. He just wanted to have what he saw in him. And Elisha, listen to me, he made up his mind, you can't make me walk away. I'm staying with you. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Because it says here, after the first verse, it says, And Elijah said unto Elisha, Just tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. Wow. It's pretty hard to talk back to the, to the big prophet Elijah. But Elisha says, So it ended up they went to Bethel. Again in the fourth verse, And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. So they went to Jericho. And Elijah said in the sixth verse, said unto him, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the as Lord lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. And they went, they too went on. How many knows Elisha made up his mind? He was staying with the promise. He was staying. He made a commitment. You can't run me off. I'm following what God wants me at. And I'm after what God's got. In Philippians, the third chapter, I got to bring this out. Philippians, the third chapter, verse 17. Listen to this. Brethren, be followers together of me, Paul said, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end, listen to this, listen to this, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Now, I read all that because I want you to understand something. Paul's telling the church here at Philippians, he said, follow together me. Follow me because I'm the one that loves you and I'm the one that's telling you the truth about the problem. And these others are false people that have nothing but destruction in their path. They have their God is their belly, what they can get. But listen to what he says in verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned glorious body according to working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. What am I talking about? Number one listen to this real clear he is he is our savior and he is 
your conversation. When you carry on a conversation, how many knows your conversation is going on in heaven? You're a citizen of heaven. You say, what are you talking about? You're a citizen of heaven. When you died to self and you became a child of God, your conversation, your citizenship is in heaven now. And I can show you throughout scripture, it's all over the place. You're dead to the old man. You're supposed to die to the old man. And you're supposed to understand your citizen, your conversation is in heaven. I am a child of heaven. God's kingdom. Now, you know, it ain't all came to pass yet to where I'm there yet. But can I tell you something? As a Christian, you got to remember that because the Christians today are talking that way. They don't talk about what they're saying means anything to God or heaven. But it does. See, you represent the name of Christ, and you're supposed to carry your conversation to people about the gospel. And you're supposed to have relationships that do you, when you come to church, you don't come to talk about who shot John on television, who shot John Wayne. He's been shot a bunch of times. He always comes back. But can I tell you, that ain't what we come to church for. We come because our conversation is about him. He is our conversation. He, we have citizenship there. Listen to this. We have been born from where? Above. I ain't talking about my first birth. I'm talking about my second birth. We're born from above. We're also, our names are written down above. Did you know your name's written in heaven if you're a Christian? Listen to what I'm telling you. Then it says, we live by heavenly standards. The standards that come out of heaven. That's the standard that we're supposed to live by. And then it says, our rights and our inheritance are reserved in heaven. We're going home to be in heaven. How many knows we're already in the kingdom of God and our conversation is above? Not what this world's doing, it's what he's doing. He's pulling his family together, and he's bringing us home. Grand, your papa sang a song that came to me last night. I lost it all to find everything. I've heard him sing that a hundred times, and I thought to myself, that's what this is about. I lost it all, but I found everything. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the blessing of life. You have to understand. You have to bring yourself to him. This is not joining a club. This is not a clique. You know, there might be a lot of pruits here, but this is no clique. Can I tell you something? We're just children of God trying to make it home. We have one heavenly Father, one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, one Holy Spirit that fills every one of us. We lean and we depend and we hold on to him. Every one of us. Oh, God, forgive us. Oh, God, look beyond my faults and see my need. Oh, God, forgive us for all the things that we failed you at. Help us to realize that even though we look with these eyes sometimes, we realize that these ain't the eyes we need. We need the spiritual eyes. Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. Lord, I want to be in the center of your will. Whether I'm in a 
lowest valley or climb the highest hill. I want to be what God wants me to be. Is that what you have in your mind and in your heart? Is that what's controlling you? Is that what's driving you forward, that I'm a citizen from above? Or is it the opposite? The world's got some kind of clamp on you. Somebody's got a clamp on you. I can't, I've had guys at work, I've stood there and witnessed to a young guy one time, and he told me, well, how do I get saved? And I began to talk to him about salvation. He had tears rolling off his face. And all of a sudden I said to him about how he gets saved, and he looked at me and said, oh, I'm sorry, my wife would never come to this church, your church. But she's Catholic and she won't go. And I said, buddy, number one, you need to live for Jesus yourself. You do, God will straighten all that out. Don't you worry about that. That'll make you love her more. That'll make you know who he is that's in that Bible. Now, you know what? I realize some people looks at it like they're driving a wedge, driving a knife in, into my relationship. But I'm trying to tell you, if he's not first in your relationship, you have to make up your mind, I'm going all the way with him. Young people, be in prayer about your relationship. Be in prayer of who you're hanging with. I'm not condemning you. I've hung with people I shouldn't have been around. I've said things I shouldn't have said, done things. Even as a Christian, I've done things I shouldn't have done. But can I tell you something? My Heavenly Father keeps drawing me back close to Him. And He lets me know that I said I come way short sometimes. But he wants that relationship. Don't you understand? He let his son die to pay our price to bring us into that kind of a relationship because he still loves me. I don't know why, but he does. He still forgives me. I don't know why, but he does. Would he tell Peter, forgive him 70 times 7 and then not forgive you? I'm telling you, he'll forgive you. If you'll come to him with your heart. We are fellow citizens, Ephesians says, with the saints and of the household of God. Are you a fellow citizen with the saints? See, the saints are waiting. Those that have gone on, they're waiting for this all to come together. God's going to come back. He's going to get his, he promised he's coming back. You know what, you might have heard that all your life, but he's coming. And I just tell you right now, you need to be ready. Sell out your soul. Sell out everything. Lord, I have nothing without you. Everybody stand if you would. He has raised us up together to sit in heavenly places. I know sometimes I don't feel so heavenly. Sometimes I don't feel like I measure up. But in my heart, when I read these things that Jesus did, the price he paid, I realize, oh God, help me. Help me if I have to crawl, if I have to dig, if I have to suffer things. Help me make it home, Lord. Don't let me lead somebody wrong. Help me, dear Lord, to do your will. That's more important than anything I do. 
Young people, if you listen to what's being said today and you'll make up your mind, I'm not going to get yoked together with somebody I know they don't love God, they don't want to have nothing to do with God. They're just here to keep me happy. You know what? Some of you are here because mom and dad's here. I'm going to tell you something. That ain't going to get you neither. You need to make up your mind. If you're going to do any good at all in this life, if you're going to have a life, put Jesus first in your life and go all the way. I've said all I needed to today. If you need to pray, you come. It's your choice. I'm not going to go back and drag you up here. Unless God tells me I won't go back and say nothing to you. But I have said what I needed to say. Turn to Jesus. Every person in here that's a Christian, you had to turn from yourself and say, Lord, I need to repent. I'm a sinner and I'm lost. And I won't make heaven till I die tonight. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you want what God wants for you? Or do you think you have to figure it out? Come, let us pray. Oh, Lord, you search me.
Enemies worked overtime to destroy the families and to destroy the Christian families. And you know what? I know God has power to keep us. He has power to bring us through this life with victory. I want to finish the race walking with him. 